Hello, everybody. Welcome to ClapperCast, episode 138, I believe. A bit of a strange episode today. I know this was supposed to be our award season uh, episode. We're pushing that probably to next week sometime. So just be aware that's still coming. And why are we pushing it, Carson? Because... Is it because someone got the dates wrong? <laughs> no, it's because we agreed that we wanted to wait because we didn't know stuff that we maybe want to know. So listen, I, I I do think like there was a viable uh, conversation in there, but honestly, in the post um, changes from the Critics' Choice, I did not want to discuss what everyone else I, is discussing right now. Peace and, and how they think that critics and the Academy are the same people. It's just it's very funny to me. Peace and love. I do not um, care about the Film Twitter Awards. Like they're also not the same people. <laughs> like it's just. I don't really care what these people have to say, so I don't want to talk. No, about and it. like, what, sorry, you know. And I have I have friends that voted in it, and they're like, no, we just like, you know, we kind of all talk about like what to vote for. And it's like, okay, well, let's. And they want the big moments, like the big Twitter moments. Yeah. Um. Although Jennifer Coolidge won, so hey, we love good. the critics, you know. Um. <laughs> the critics did, although they didn't vote for White Lotus to be in Best Drama at all. Um, which is crazy because you go look through and like um, the betting pools have it winning SAG over like everything else. Um, crazy. Yeah. But um, how are you? You're back home. Yeah. You were left? I was in, I road tripped Arizona this week. I've been out of town like a lot. If you've been paying attention, I visited family over break. And then I also just road tripped Arizona, which was fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm back home. Thank God. Arizona is very cold, though it's freezing here. I, you know, I'm sure LA is the same, but it is. It's, no, it's, so it's been raining nonstop. This is like the first day in a while we haven't like had torrential rain. We had rain today. Um, it, like, no, this is different. This is like I've lived in Portland. This is Portland rain. Yeah, like you know, and I'm sure you've had this too. But I was just saying, like, for the people listening at home who are like, oh, it's raining a little bit. No, it's like. LA rains for like maybe a day or two and you're like oh this was fun this has been like I have to change my plans I'm not going out the streets are flooded like Los Angeles is not prepared for rain and (laughs) we have had so much of it um I have a big car so all my friends have been like can you pick me up to hang out and I'm like no you're just wanting to leave your house and you're like Paul has a big car he'll risk his life for me um (laughs) but uh the my big thing this week was I got my hair cut, which sounds like it's not a big deal. But I did this thing where I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to grow out my hair because like I was like thinking about how as you get older, like um, you're supposed to like, you know, have a new style. And I was like, this has just been my style, uh, like the short cropped side hair, the military cut. Um, and I was like, no, I'm going to grow it out. So I started growing out. And then realized it was a disaster and it was like abort, abort. I remember why I hate this. It starts like poofing out. Um, and no matter how much I like comb it down, it just does that. Um, and I was like, all right, we're cutting it. And then I got COVID. So I couldn't go for another three weeks. So it got worse. And I was literally like, I didn't go into the office. I was walking around with like uh, <laughs> a baseball cap at every event. Um, could not take it off because the second I take it off, it would go in crazy directions. Um, it was, it was real hellish. So like when I got that cut, even my, uh, bartender, uh, bartender, um, my barber was like, um, this is bad. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) 
Yeah, because my dad's also one of those people who's like he was a hippie and was raised in the you know 60s and 70s where they were like, no, 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 keep your hair short. And so he's like the opposite. So um, he was like, no, 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 grow it out. It's great. And I was like, this is never working again. So that was an experiment that is dead. Mine don't. Mine doesn't grow long. It just grows really thick and it's just bad. It's like terrible. I'm yeah, sure no, I posted a selfie during COVID at one point and it was terrible. Um, <laughs> it doesn't work. So I keep it mine short also. We're good with long hair. Yeah. Um, long hair, long facial hair. Those are like a specific kind of guy. And if you're not that person, don't do it. That is my advice for all of you youngins at home. Don't do it unless you think you can actually like pull it off. I would say <laughs> there's so many people who are like, don't go off your own judgment. <laughs> Why ask your friend? Like, ask your yeah. friend if you can do uh, it. Don't judge yourself. I don't know. Ask a friend that you believe in. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the one that would be like, no, it's ugly. You know, like you have to be yeah. the right one. Wait, 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 wait. This is a great uh, lead in. Speaking of bad ideas that they went along with anyway well they did make velma right hbo or max whatever you want to say they made velma a new adult version of scooby-doo kind of it's really not like an adult scooby-doo which sounds really fun it is like what if we made scooby-doo woke with like different characters and just change it all up um it came out today and it's our first thing we're talking about we're talking about two hbo premieres this episode um, and Velma is our first one. I will say I only watched episode one of this, which kind of shows you the quality of it. Um, I watched both. Paul, you are <laughs> a massive Scooby-Doo fan, I believe. We've talked about it on the podcast before. I am a, so, yeah, um, it's so weird how much of a Scooby-Doo fan I am because, like, I don't think about it. Like, it's not something that's in your brain. Like, I love the Ninja Turtles. I have Ninja Turtle paraphernalia. You know, I buy dvds and puzzles if they're same with batman scooby-doo is the one that's like no i will watch every fucking show but like when people are like oh you like scooby-doo i'm like yeah sure but like as my um how i've noticed that i have watched tons of shit from scooby-doo and all that you know and love all the characters and um have a real affinity it is it is noticeable now um especially like with the podcast so um I was on the exact opposite of, I guess I was the same, same as everyone. Um, I had no interest in this <laughs> at all. Um, I don't like Mindy Kaling as a writer. Um, I find her as a performer really charming, not as a voice actor. And we'll get into that. But like as a performer, I find her like arrogance, like really funny. Um, I've read her books. Um, I think she's funny enough. Um, I haven't watched any of her HBO Max show, um, Sex Lives of College Girls. I did watch Mindy Project. But um, when I heard about this, it sounded like exactly what it is. And not in a, oh, the the race swapping aspects. or uh, Because if you haven't watched the show, um, Mindy plays Velma and she's um, Southeast Asian now. Um we have uh, Daphne is now just Asian. Uh, Fred is white, but also now very rich, which was not part of his personality. And he's like a pansy boy. There's it's a whole thing. And then um, Shaggy is now Norval, who is black. And then um, Scooby does not exist. <laughs> um, they killed him. And like, 
Yeah. Um, and so like when you know that you're like, okay, it's going to be that kind of show. Now, that being said, everyone fucking hates the show, <laughs> like hates the show. So I went in, I watched the first episode a couple days ago, and then I watched the newest episode this morning. And it's not good, but it is so far removed from the Scooby-Doo lore and mythos that I'm not even offended in it at it in that kind of way which i really thought i was going to be like this is very much just like a bad um you know teen or like you know four teens but adult comedy um kind of show um the jokes aren't funny the animation is ugly in a really weird way um it's not consistent but also because it's norval not shaggy scooby's not there Daphne isn't Daphne. Fred isn't Fred. Velma is like the worst version of Velma. I'm like, sure, whatever. Who cares? It's not the mystery. It's not the mystery gang. It's not mystery Inc. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to like get as riled as people are. And like, I would say that like, I'm a big fan of that show. So I'm curious what you thought. Cause yeah, you didn't finish episode two. Episode two was worse. <laughs> Like, it is not a good show, um, but uh, episode one is, is pretty rough in its own right. Look, I, I'm a fan of Scooby-Doo. I'll say I'm a pretty big fan of Scooby-Doo, um, and I'm not against someone taking a concept or, a, you know, a dynamic like Scooby-Doo and Mystery Incorporated and just trying something bold and new with it. I don't really know why this has any connection to Mystery Incorporated because it just like actually doesn't to the point where like you mentioned they remove uh, Scooby, they change Shaggy. Like really this is an original show just like forced to be part of the Scooby-Doo world, I guess you could say. And it just like is not good. Like here's the thing. I watched Q-Force and I watched all of Q-Force and it was terrible, (laughs) but it was terrible in a way that was like, oh, it's bad, but also it's garbage. Like I can have fun with and enjoy Personally, I found Velma to just be, like, grating. I think it is terribly unfunny. And terribly, like, it attempts to be woke in a way that, like, I appreciate adding diversity to shows. I appreciate tackling modern social issues. But, like, it is woke in a way where it's just completely hollow and empty and misguided to the point where, like, it's not respectable as in it's like it's not really presenting any nuanced takes with its wokeness or social you know commentary it is using it ultimately as punchline to jokes and just like it doesn't work it is very boring i was not captivated by the mystery which a lot of this is a mystery so like that kind of you know fucks that up and it just like isn't funny if it was original characters maybe but like you promised me scooby-doo and you're not even providing scooby-doo like i don't know what are you doing well, my biggest problem is, so I watched the first two episodes and clearly there's like someone is murdering like the hot girls at school. But because this is a prequel and even in the trailers and everything, they introduced that this, the gang is going to get together. Probably Scooby is going to show up in the finale. Like, I am not an idiot. But because of that, well, none of them are the killer. And then you're going through and you're like, so it's just one of their parents, probably boring. Like, like, I just don't have any 
I having watched two episodes, it's like you've probably introduced the killer at this point. And like, I just don't have that much connection to like, it's not going to be like a big fun mystery. It's going to be sloppy. Like it's just, you can just tell it's not going to be a mystery where I'm like, Oh, they really got me. You know, this was, there was a lot of twists in here. It's very much just going to be like, okay, so, and what it is actually is, and I'm assuming it's going to be like, you know, something to do with one of the parents, but I can't see it being Fred's parents. Um, also, everything to do with Fred, weirdly, like even the po- like negative positive reviews from critics were like, Fred's great. Fred is so fucking annoying. Fred has always been my favorite character because he and Daphne like don't want to be there even though they're the team leaders which i always thought was very funny um like they do it and then like when the mystery's happening they're like we don't care we're gonna go do our own thing um and he's like so awful in this like i can't see you redeeming him and i don't want to like hang out with him um like i i like glenn howerton as an actor uh by the way all of the performers in this i like their I think it's like good casting. I just don't think the characters are written well enough to where they're getting anything, especially with Norval, um, Sam Richardson, who's just like the most boring character. Um, but yeah, you were talking about like uh, kind of the forced diversity stuff in episode two. It becomes like very clear. It's going to be uh, Velma and Daphne love story. And it's like one of my biggest problems with, when they do um, canonical kind of things, they did this in Harley Quinn as well, is because it's so important to queer audiences to have those relationships, if you introduce it too early, and I think they did this in Harley Quinn as well, there is no chance like anything else is happening. Like you're you're just like, okay, this is going to happen and they're going to be. So you're just watching the clock like, okay, get together. And then stay together for the rest of the series. They kiss in the second episode, which I think is wild. Because uh, now it's like, okay, by the end of the season, they're dating for the rest of the show already got renewed, apparently, for season two. <laughs> which is fucking hilarious considering HBO Max and HBO is canceling every single animated show, even that's already done. They're just like removing them and it scraping will, them and as if it doesn't exist. The thing is, though, and you know, uh, my favorite thing about the show is that they mentioned uh mindy said it's the uh most views for a premiere of an animated show and you're like oh wow that's really imp- uh hbo original hbo max original animated show and you're like wow that's really impressive and then you go and look and it's like oh santa inc and like other shows that i have read through that list twice now and I still can't remember um, what the HBO original animations were. It's like, oh, The Prince. Remember that show? The one no. where it was about the um, it was about uh, the littlest of um, William and Kate's kids and like him being an asshole and like um, like the queen and everyone just hating him. Is the Ellen it's a very weird baby Ellen? Is it on the list? That that is on the list in the okay. kids area, but also like with kids shows, they're not going to have big premieres. That's like uh, because they're just going to watch them when the sure. kids watch. Them. I mean, so I don't even count. Baby those. Ellen, it's not sure. But like, yeah, no, I know. But it's like if you talk about the adults ones, 
It's close enough. Have never heard of that show. Apparently, it's, it's from the same guy that did the regular it's show. It's fine. I watched half the season. Got bored. Um, <laughs> the Prince, ten-year-old Tom, which is something I have never heard of. No. Um, Santa Inc. and Velma. So, like, <laughs> sure. How well did it have to do? And it's Velma. Like, of course, between everyone wanting to hate watch, um, Emily in Paris style. Um, and, uh, between it being like, maybe it'll be good cause it's mystery ink. Um, I think that like, <laughs> of course it was going to be number one. Um, I am curious to see how those numbers last because as you were saying, it's got like a, like a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes and the audience score. Um, I just and can't like, imagine people I watching think... it. Like, I this is not one of those I imagine people, like, hate watching, to be honest. Because I'm an avid hate watcher. I watched all of 13 Reasons Why. But, like, this show is not fun. That's the issue. It's not dumb in, like, a fun way. It's dumb in a really, like, grating way. Like, I just cannot see yeah. people watching well, this. Uh, you know, and I also think because they were trying... I. A lot of the humor is very, um, almost conservative leaning, which is very weird. Um, you know, and so I was trying to watch it neutrally, just like, you know, okay, I'm going to listen to the jokes and just like kind of see if they're funny. I'm not, uh, going to get angry at something or whatever, but I was like, who is this for? Because if you're watching it because you want the diverse mystery ink group, you're going to be mad at like 75% of the jokes. But if you like some of the jokes, you're not watching the diverse mystery ink show. Uh, like it's just a very weird, like I can see where the pitch happened, but I can't see how it got through development sure. because development a lot of times will be like, we go talk to people and figure out what the four quadrants are. And like, there is no four quadrants for the show. Um, it is a very niche group of people. Um, and it's even Twitter is like tearing it apart and you know, Twitter is usually left leaning, so it's like weirdly very interesting to see where it's going. Weirdly, a similar issue to Scoob. I believe it was twenty twenty Scoob. I don't know what year it came out, but like where it just threw mm-hmm. everything at the wall, and all of a sudden you have like Simon Cowell as main character, and you're like, "What are you like? Who is this for?" It just continually yeah. like Scooby Doo for some reason when it should be the most simple like idea of like, "Hey, these teenagers go fight really fun like fake ghosts, and you figure out who it is." people are like the studios now cannot figure out just like that's the formula and they're like well let's just throw a ton of shit at the wall let's just do endless jokes that very rapid style of modern humor that's in so much animation both adult and children now and it's just like something will stick and kids will like it and it's like no and this isn't even for kids this is for adults as you mentioned like i just don't think anyone for some reason understand understands scooby-doo which is weird because it's very simple it's scooby-doo Well, I would say that Warner just in general doesn't know what to do with their properties because I would say the same shit about Batman. Like Batman is very clearly like he has the Bat family and he hangs out with like, you know, Robin and Nightwing and Catwoman shows up occasionally and Batgirl and then there's Red Hood. Very clear. Easy. Have you seen that yet? No, (laughs) they do it sometimes in their animated series. But like even then it's like murky and like they haven't really like just gotten it down to this is like a very dark thing with fun elements. Um, But it's funny that you mentioned like they don't know what to do because I was so certain Um, back when I was like uh, trying to be like a, you know, 
in Hollywood trying to be a screenwriter. Um, my pitch that I kept saying, like, I want to pitch 100% was I was like, I want to do a Riverdale backdoor pilot where there's this character, Cheryl Blossom, who's like the redhead in the show. I was like, okay, here's what you do. Her cousin comes into town. And it's fucking Daphne Blake. And then you introduce and it'd be a mystery and related to the mystery is a little dog that like Archie and the group find. And then the, the mystery group is like, oh, we'll take the puppy like, you know, with us at the end of the mystery. It'd be like an old woman got murdered and this is her puppy. Great. Done. Then they leave back to our pilot to a teen version of Scooby-Doo would do so well. And I don't understand how it's still not a thing. Like, how are we doing Gossip Girl reboots? How are we doing, like, just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks? Pretty Little Liars. All you have to do is a Scooby-Doo teen drama, and it would, like, fucking kill. Even a little more adult if you wanted to. But, like, or a little younger. Doesn't matter. Skew it however. Live action is where they need to go eventually with this. Because I'm watching right now, um, I'm watching through Be Cool Scooby-Doo because Delma left a bad taste in my mouth. And I'm like... The animation is a little weird at first, but once you get like past the first episode, you're like, no, this is funny. This is good. This is old Scooby-Doo. I'm, I'm happy. Um, and Mystery Incorporated, um, which is the show that everyone's talking about now that Velma came out, which is the adult version of Scooby-Doo. Um, all of those like there's good Scooby-Doo content in the animated world. Um, I think that just going adult and animated is going to be a little difficult. Um also, I don't think Scooby necessarily needs to have violent murders. Also, that's not why it's fun. The f- that was one of my main yeah. points. It's like murder is not the point why Scooby-Doo is fun. It's fun because it's like a stupid fucking like minor ghost who's just like stealing gold. It's fun. Yeah. Or if you want to do murders, um, at least have the creature. So like when we haven't had a creature yet, which is very frustrating. Did you like the, have you seen the Mystery Incorporated show? I was going to bring that up and like just. Uh, yes, I loved that show. I also did. Um, um, I think that it loses its way a little bit. Sure. Um, but the first season specifically. I think if anyone the... wants a more mature, it's still accessible to younger audiences, but a more yeah. mature, like well-built narrative Scooby-Doo that has like a narrative could not recommend that show enough. Um, I will say, I at least yeah. am happy. Scooby-Doo is back in the mainstream conversation between the Halloween movie that they released last year, Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo, I think it was called. I think there was like a live okay. action like fan film that did really good or fan series thing. I didn't see it personally, but I oh, know yeah. it's out that there. Was, that was basically the pitch that I had. Um, yeah. I, I watched a little bit of it. It's not great, but... It sure. is fun. <laughs> I know see, people like do it, though. It got a reaction. Velma is getting a reaction online where people are talking about it. I at least think, like, this is the conversation to prove that there's interest in Scooby-Doo to where maybe they will do something with it. I can't say that I have faith that they'll do something good with it, but, like, at least it's proving relevancy, which means it proves that will probably something will happen with it, which I'm here for. Yeah. No, 100%. Um... But yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, one of the things you asked me was like, are you going to keep watching? Um, okay. Honestly, probably, but not in a week to week situation. What's probably going to happen is it'll be close to the finale and I may just like watch the rest of the episodes and then like watch the finale. 
um just to see what happens i may just watch the finale if i really get over the show i do like i don't care about the mystery but i want to see what they do with it um is mainly what it comes down to sure um i i also want to see if they actually pull in scooby i that's that's it i won't be watching i feel like that (laughs) but (laughs) i i won't i have a feeling this is one of those shows and maybe i'm putting too much faith in this where like season one is terrible no one watches it it drops but season two comes out and everyone's like, oh, it's really like actually kind of good. Similar to like DC Titans, I feel like had a similar narrative. Like I could see that as a future to Velma. I will not be watching season one or season two though, but you know, I'm sure there will be fans who claim it's good. Yeah. Um, but I will say uh, as a final thing, my biggest uh, confusion with the whole thing is what they're doing with Shaggy's character. Like that is just not even like the rest of them are like, okay, if I squint, I can kind of see where you're like, you know, trying to get these characters to be like um, similar to the originals in terms of personality. Whatever the fuck they're doing with Shaggy is like they've made Shaggy smarter than Velma. And (laughs) I don't know if you got to that part, but she's like, I copy my math homework from you. And I'm like, you copy from Shaggy. (laughs) And then like. He runs like a popular podcast and he's not into drugs. It's like, what is this character? He is the new Fred um, and Fred is more similar to what Shaggy is as far as dynamic. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, no, I don't know. Well, Shaggy was never a misogynist. Sure, but he was like <laughs> stupid at least, right? Also, like, so many, like, okay. One of my other big problems is like, they keep doing jokes about Fred's small dick. Like that's a whole plot line. And I'm like, so weird it's a weird thing to like keep making fun it's like you know how we're uh how the thing right now is like people realizing that like talking about like guys heights is like really weird same thing with their dick sizes just like i don't i don't get why it's become a thing where it's like oh that's an okay thing to make fun of because most (laughs) there is a group of people who will be like upset by that joke not me for the people listening. Sounds like home. someone has an but... issue with the joke. <laughs> no, I have an issue with the joke because I do think that there's a lot of things that like when you're like body shaming sure. someone in a thing that's like, hey, this is progressive. It's just weird. Well, it's um, not really. I, I, don't... I don't know if I would say the show is like overall like, yes, it has progressive language and its characters are, in fact, all lesbians. But like, I don't know. Police like <laughs> all sh- lesbians. the police just like shoot people and they're like, lol, police like do that. Like, I don't know. I don't think it's very as you mentioned, I don't think it's very like progressive leaning in what it's actually saying. It just uses progressive language as a joke. It, yes. Also, um, giving Daphne lesbian cop parents wild she also does drugs now it's wild it is funny seeing people post descriptions of episodes slash characters and it feels like a joke but it is real like i do appreciate that like um (laughs) someone posted and they were like um all fred talks about is his tiny dick and i was like that is not gonna happen and then i watched the show and i'm like oh my god every scene is about his little dick and also not ballsy enough to show it like there is no nudity in this show like there's even jokes at the very beginning um oh you have to know what the opening of the show is so it starts out and it's like velma sitting there talking like giving a voiceover of what the show is going to be about and then it cuts to daphne seeing two cockroaches fucking 
And then Velma crushes them and they explode. And then she goes in and gives a monologue about how television shows um, do too much on like sex in the pilot. And then it's not like that the rest of the series. And then they have a whole talk conversation about it. Then Velma like fucking to be clear in the shower. This is in the girl's shower. They're naked in the shower. <laughs> and then Velma in a full like killer's outfit yeets her across into lockers. And they're like, this is the introduction to our main character. She just slapped a woman so hard. She flew into lockers and she's like, and then the murder happens. Um, and it's some girl we haven't met yet. Um, and then they make a joke about there's so many jokes about like slut shaming. It's so weird. The show is so weird. Um, part of why I, like, I might keep watching it because it feels like it's like this. Uh, it doesn't even know what it is. And so I'm just like curious, but I'm also scared of that because that's hate watching. And that's how we have season three of Emily in Paris. And everyone's like, who watches the show? And it's like all of us. Elena. We all watch that show. <laughs> I cannot believe we did this. that Velma is doing week by week out of every show to come out. I think in recent memory, Velma, I cannot believe is just not all one drop. Cause like surely they must it, think like that's the main audience. It's going to be people who binge it. Cause it's bad. Well, that's the other thing that's weird is you release the first two episodes. Uh, and then I like how if you look on the Wikipedia, it says mixed to negative reception. Okay. The only smart thing is they are releasing two episodes at a time. Um, if they were doing one at a time, that would be insane. Um, two, like I can see it. At least it's a month. We're talking about a month of like uh, week to week. Um, it'll be very curious. Oh, <laughs> you're going to check in with me next week. And I'm like, so I'm watching episode three and four and I didn't like it. I still hate it. I'm going to be one of those people. Um, but I'm hoping no one else is. <laughs> I was really thinking, I was like, damn, I wish we'd gotten screeners of this. So I didn't have to like count my views. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but. if you want to continue watching Velma, feel free. I'm sure we'll hear about it on the pod eventually. Um, if you want to watch Velma at home, it's on HBO max. Go check it out with this rave review. Um, another show you can watch on hbo max that i got a little bit more of a positive reaction is the last of us um i want to be very clear i've not played the video game have you paul yes oh we have a gamer everyone um i'm not a gamer um but last of us is basically how i take it just like the new zombie show based on the game that's very famous um and i will say i am mixed on the first episode with an overall emphasis on liking it i think that there is a very interesting dynamic with the first episode of any zombie or apocalypse show where you just have to get through the setup, right? And I think some shows do it really well. Station Eleven, specifically last year, was an HBO Max show around this time that I think did it marvelously. Um, this does not do it that well. Um, it's a rather slow episode at an hour and 20 minutes. Um, that takes a long time to get going. A lot of it is set, spent set, setting up a character that dies pretty early on, which is very strange. Um, but I think overall, the filmmaking of the show is so far so strong. Um, it's by the same people who did Chernobyl, or at least some of the talents involved. So that's fun. Um, I'm sorry, what did you just say? It's from the same people who did Chernobyl. Chernobyl? Chernobyl. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? <laughs> Chernobyl. Chernobyl. 
What do you mean? Chernobyl. Yeah, Chernobyl. <laughs> no, the first time you said it, you were like Chernobyl. Chernobyl. <laughs> you know? Chernobyl. You know, the Chernobyl disaster. That thing that happened in like Japan or something? I don't know. Chernobyl? <laughs> that is a very French version. <laughs> I don't have French in me, but you know, maybe I do somewhere. Um, Chernobyl, whatever you want to call it. That show was really well. I like the show a lot, and I think the show is so far okay. I'm not that hooked, but it's fine. Paul, what are your thoughts on Last of Us? So, um, I played the first one, played some of the second one. Um, I don't like the second one. Not because of, like, the story issues that, like, everyone and their mom is talking about. But um, just the mechanics felt a little janky to me. Um, Games have to be fun for me, first and foremost. Like, I am one of those people who plays on easy. And people are like, well, why? And I'm like, because my life is too short to die the same time 12 times. Um, And I felt like the second one was just, like, even on easy, it was like, this is still difficult. Not me. I did watch the rest of like I watched the cutscenes, you know, when they do like um, the hub, like The Last of Us Part Two, the movie, and then you go and watch it, and it's just every cutscene and fight put together. It's nice, but anyway, um, so like I'm familiar with the story, but I've never been connected with it. A, I hate post-apocalyptic. B, I don't find bleak entertainment particularly interesting. If you've listened to the podcast, you know that. I just don't care when things are bleak. Um, so, like, I know what the show I'm in for with this show, but I also feel like because it's a TV show, um, it's going to go more positive and less bleak because you can play a video game by yourself, convincing the whole family to, like, sit around and watch just... I mean, this this thing is sad. Was The Walking just, Dead happy? I didn't watch that either. I don't know if you did. It, Wasn't that it's pretty about, bleak? like camaraderie mostly? It's like camaraderie though. Okay. Like that. This is about like the real monsters are humans. That kind of show. Yeah. And so like it's just betrayal after betrayal after. Anyway, knowing all that, pilot is very fucking boring because you have already played all this, and you've played it. Now you're watching it. So let's say that I hadn't played. Um, Starts out with a setup that I thought was actually pretty good. Um, It's a doctor explaining like basically what's going to happen. It's like the world's heating up and fungi could take you over and just they want to keep growing. So they're not going to try to kill you like a virus. They're trying to have you continue their species. Interesting. Creepy. Um, then it cuts to, yes, exactly what you said. It's the prologue of the game and it is so long. (laughs) It is so long of like setting up this world. But I submit that it is not long enough because that whole episode should have been that first thing and done more in the disaster period. Um, because I finally got to where I was like, okay, this is getting cool. And then it cuts to 20 years later. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I knew what scene was coming up. Um, You already spoiled it. Sarah dies. Um, Like, (laughs) it was just like, I knew when they were like walking down the hill. I'm like, we're here. Oh, I thought we were going to get like some fun craziness. It was very like, it's very minor scares, very minor stress. And then it cuts to 20 years. 
And because they've assumed that that was enough excitement and drama, it is all scene building. But to people who like either know the story or were expecting more zombie thrills, we had a setup scene, a setup section, and then now we're doing more setup. And then the episode ends still setting up <laughs> like there is nothing but setup in this. And I rewatched the pilot of Game of Thrones and I know that that's considered like, oh, it's all set up, not compared to this. <laughs> like there is so much that goes on in that episode compared to whatever the hell this was. And I think that they should have done two episodes and probably I would have I would have liked more in the section with Sarah. Give me more like, you know, first day shit. I love that shit. That's fun and zombie stuff. I don't care once the world's ended. I would be dead. I feel like you should watch Station Eleven. I don't know if you tried or if you read the book, but I feel I don't know. I thought you would like it, but now that I know you hate that, maybe not. I don't know. Give it a try. But um I, I really I really hate post apocalyptic where people are trying to survive because I do not understand that instinct. <laughs> No, and that's the interesting thing is like at first I was like, oh, this resonates a lot more seeing a piece of media like this after COVID because that initial like panic of what do you do? I'm like, okay, I relate to that more. But then you see like the world destruct and it's like, well, that's not what happened. So that's a little like forced. But like (laughs) if we if like remember when you were watching those first videos out of like China and they would be like people just falling on the ground. You're like, that's us. That's coming. And I was like, huh. And like I locked down, but I was like, if I if it gets me, I'm just gonna shoot myself. Like prepared. Everyone had like, that conversation with themselves, and then it just yeah. turned out to be like rather boring political debate. But like I don't <laughs> even would I here's the thing. I would not even say a lot of this film I appreciate or this show. I appreciate that you say it should be two episodes. I and I don't know where this is going. I've never played the games, never looked into them. All I know is like the one girl spoiler alert for I think the second game, she's a lesbian. That's all I know. So like She's lesbian in this one. Sure. So I, the issue is like, it's not I, like, I don't really get the purpose of this prologue. You just become a lesbian, Carson. Oh, well, <laughs> not, not the Velma. Um, I just don't think like, it doesn't set up though, the actual world. The prologue sets up two things. It sets up that there are zombies and like a direct rip off of Bones and All, which I know this, it's not ripping off Bones and All because they're made at the same time, but I'm going to claim it was. Um, and then also like <laughs> the fact that Pedro Pascal's daughter died, which like, sure. But why do I need like 40 minutes of this thing where like this character is not really relevant other than like, it's just the daughter who dies. And like, yeah, I understand the concept of zombies pretty well, but then you jump into this world that like has all these dynamics and this layout, like politically and socially. And it has this whole like ranking system and like stuff. And it's like, I don't know any of that. None of that was set up. I'm dropped into the deep end of like this generic post-apocalyptic world with like the government forces, but I know nothing of it. Cause you didn't set any of it up. You just set up that there are zombies and it was pretty boring. I don't know. I like, I'm going to watch the show. And I think again, it's well-made overall, but like narratively, this does not have a compelling hook. It does not have a clear layout or like, I don't feel like I understand the world that well. I don't really understand the characters. It just like does not work as a setup, even though it is all set up. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I really think that like, this is a pilot was really weak and I think it'll really hurt. Um, because I don't, I cannot see the use people who don't know the show. Actually, both sides. I can't see people 
who don't know what's going to happen being interested. And I can't see people who know that like it takes a while for stuff to get started on this. Like I, I fully believe this is going to be like prestige walking dead. Like we're going to be watching it. And it's a lot of walking and talking. You can even go look at like the comments from people on uh, Twitter and stuff. And like uh, one of my favorite ones was like, Oh, this is such a strong adaptation of the game. Walking, talking, three seconds of action, and then more walking and talking. But when you're doing the walking, it is a little bit more interesting. This was a lot of like, especially that they're introducing characters like Marlene, who I know needs to be important, huge character for the show. Um, but like, I was just like, this is a lot, even though I know everything. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm less thrilled about this than I was expecting. And I think it's because there was not even like, the grossest thing in the show of a like zombie show was like a three second, like cannibal sequence that like, wasn't that scary. Um, I was just very, like, and it wasn't mid on all visually it. interesting. The zo- I was like really disappointed by no. the zombies. I have to be honest. I, I don't know. I've well, seen, yeah, but um, the zombies will get great. Clickers are fucking scary, but Should have shown us a clicker. I don't know. I'm seeing rave reviews from people who played the game. So I'm happy this is fulfilling what they want. Again, I'm willing to give this a season. But it just does not feel... It feels very, like, Walking Dead to me. Which maybe is, like, a very basic comparison. But, like, I just don't care. But, like, we'll see. We will see. Maybe I'll be hooked. And I'll think this is the best show ever. Let's use a different comparison. Similar. Uh, Quiet Place. Um, But, like... Quiet Place was a lot better. Quite yeah, a, I was gonna say without the twist of like you know. See, and this is also like the key root of so many zombie products and you know shows, movies, games, whatever. Is like I really peace and love do not care about like the society afterwards and like the drama between humans. Just give me some zombies. Like I don't, I don't know. Well, my my biggest problem with all these kind of shows, um, and it's why I didn't really care for Jurassic World series once they sent the dinosaurs out. It's like. Once you've opened the Pandora's box, yeah, society's over. So I'm less interested in like an attempt to re like an attempt to rebuild where it's not going well. (laughs) Like, I just don't care. Like the chances that like society is going to come back from this almost non-existent. So I'm like, cool. And that's how I felt about a lot of these shows. It's like, okay, so we're just, kind of living in this world that like everything sucks walking dead at least attempts multiple times to be like yes we have good societies and stuff and like more of the mystery of the show will come out but like it is not this world sucks but also society is too well built it's too much together like at least i think if you have something like a quiet place where it's like truly feels like in the second movie, which I'm critical of, but I'm like, okay, it does feel like anything could be around any corner. There's like the sense of like unknowing, like, Oh, it doesn't feel safe. This is just like a badly put together, like society that runs and operates and has like class systems. I'm like, that's boring. I don't know. At least if you're out there and it feels like around any corner could be anything. There's something of, you know, excitement. Okay. I don't know. I will tell you the line that I audibly groaned at, and I don't know if it's in the game or not, but when that guy goes, there's this place down in Atlanta, and all they make is bullets and pills, pills and bullets. I was like, oh my god. 
Are you fucking kidding me? It's just so like, I don't know, this sounds edgy. <laughs> Society has fallen apart, but we still have our pills and our bullets. I like Pedro Pascal. I'm not very sold on the girl. I forget her name. Like, both actor and Funny, character. Funny, because I'm the exact opposite. Really? Um, oh, she was I not love Bella Ramsey, and I, I will fight it. to the death for her. What? I hate to say it was not good, that girl, but valid. Well... I mean, she's that is very much Ellie's persona. Um, so, like, that is a one to one. Pedro does not feel like Joel yet, um, and maybe he will. Um, also, the old age makeup they put on Pedro Pascal actually made me cackle. Like when it when they revealed him and he had like wrinkles drawn in, I was like, choose a man who's in his fifties. Don't choose a child. <laughs> you know, a middle aged man and be like. Oh, okay, we're just going to make you older because the one scene where he's young, <laughs> the rest of the show, he's an old man. Um, it's also really funny. Um, what will be interesting about the show is um, I don't think that they can do game two as season two um, without moving into any spoilers. Um, it's a huge time jump. And for that, Ellie has to be an adult and she is not an adult. She's not Bella Ramsey is not close to an adult. So I will be curious to see what they do. I think they're going to have to do their own storyline. Um, that'll be a whole can of worms that I'm very curious to see what happens. But when we're talking about like these kind of shows, um, you know, I think last of us fans are going to be more excited than uncharted fans were last year um sure you know talking about like the the two video games from uh naughty dog sure i mean one wasn't even close and one is like uh almost to a fault a one-to-one cannot say if this is from the same studio or not i think the only video game property i'm excited for or was excited for is tomb raider as far as being on screen that was fun tomb raider's great um tomb raider's a lot of fun um, Tomb Raider and Uncharted are two sides of the same coin. Um, uh, Uncharted just got screwed by corporate greed. Yeah. <laughs> and Tom Holland. I don't know. I guess my final takeaway is like, I don't know. I recommend you watch Station Eleven if you want like some post-apocalyptic show. I will continue this, but I'm not thrilled. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those shows. If you haven't watched it yet and you're like mid- wait i think it'll be a fine binge but i was on my phone and i am not someone yeah. who gets on my phone during television but like if someone sent me a text i was like thank god yeah <laughs> i just would not like i would be more ca- everyone's like it's the best show of all time best show ever made like i would just be cautious going in with those expectations <laughs> personally yeah but i'm also a gay who gave ticket to paradise five stars like what do i know about this right so sure that is fair um well that's gonna do it for our two uh, like reviews of the episode let's go to our question of the week which is we're going back to velma what is our favorite scooby-doo piece of media and paul i'm gonna let you go first because i don't know if you're gonna i don't know what you're doing um i'm gonna go with the one that's gonna win um zombies zombie island so scooby-doo on zombie island um you have to also know the period of Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island coming out. Like, just imagine you're watching, like, you've known the Scooby-Doo things, and uh, it's not scary, and they're they're cute, and, you know, 
It's mostly just, you know, hijinks. Then all of a sudden they make a horror film. <laughs> Letterboxd put it back on the horror list. It's bullshit that it was removed. I'm so mad it's off the horror list. Um, the second that movie like starts shifting into horror, I remember as a child being like, oh my God. <laughs> like, and you talk to anyone in our age group, it's like, uh, you know, my age group and the, you know, millennials. And it's like, everyone's just like, yeah, that was like, because you didn't know that something like that could happen. Like, you know, it is interesting to go watch something like Velma and it's like, oh, it's violent and stuff. Like, yeah, but it's not true terror. <laughs> like, t- true terror is uh, some of the moments in that. And like, if you haven't watched it, watch it. So I'm not going to spoil it. But like, there's a couple sequences where I'm like, this is actually scarier than most horror films. Um, <laughs> and it also has a good twist. Like the, the mystery is really good on it and stupid and like fun. Um, but yeah, I'm curious what you, you pick for yours. Look, I really like mystery incorporated. I thought about picking the shit that as my pick, but instead I'm going to pick, I think one of the most iconic films of all time. We might talk about it next year for my birthday special. Scooby-Doo two monsters unleashed is so (laughs) fucking fun. Look, maybe it's because I grew up with it, but every single frame of that movie is iconic. It is so stupid, but it goes like fully into the wackiness of Scooby-Doo, which I love. You get some great, like this great concept, like, oh, the monsters are real, which sounds kind of boring, but they do it in a really fun way. I think all the monsters they pick are really fun. Um, It just like is one of the most fun films I can imagine that I've ever seen. Um, but I would highly recommend anyone check that out. I like Scooby-Doo one, the live action fine enough, but like number two is really where it hits. It's like, you know, it just starts running and it's like, I need to rewatch it because, uh, the first one was really iconic for me. Sure. Um, to the point that I used to like regularly watch the, um, the DVD with the commentary track from the cast. Um, that was was me with the night at the museum too, but continue. (laughs) um but like the second one i hated for some reason like when i was a child okay hated it something about it it may have been like i was a real continuity bitch when i was a kid and like i okay things that i remember bothering me as a child when they switch out boyfriends in uh miss congeniality to miss congeniality 2 uh the fact that uh i think it's isla fisher isn't it or who is it i think so that's uh yeah um gets kicked out of the second one um there's so many things like that that i was like sure whenever like love interests don't come through or they like change something i was like mm. um also they change fred's hair and it gets worse i remember that uh, <laughs> but yeah no i i that is actually one that i should rewatch because i think i will like it now i have heard a lot of people like have changed their mind including like people who were like i didn't like it as a kid i like it now um also weirdly written by james gunn yeah i don't know if the second one was but um no i think the one is also his best work by far um yeah i really love it so as as the third one you should just put mystery inc so yeah we'll put that so if you want to vote on that or tell us yours if we didn't select it go to our twitter at clapper podcast um let's go ahead and end this off with our rapid reviews for the week paul do you have anything you'd like to rapidly review i know you saw plane um i saw plane boring and not like in a like fun boring like 
just like um, someone said on Letterboxd that it felt like a movie that you turn on 40 minutes in and just kind of like sit and vegetate and watch. It's exactly what it was. It was like if you watch the trailer, you saw a better version of the movie. Like there's even like scenes that they like redo, like that they edited differently in the trailer to be scarier. Um, yeah, so boring. Um, very uninteresting. Um, I watched Megan again, like sure. a little bit more. Um, I went with friends who got it more than I did. Um, and like uh, one of them was friend of the podcast, Chris, who was like, uh, in the words of Alina Falls, um, may she rest in peace, uh, hooting and hollering. Um, and like they were having a great time. And then at the end, I was like, but it's terrible, right? And they're like, yeah, it's so bad. And I was like, OK. Maybe I just didn't get like, I, like I really struggle to like have fun in a movie I think is bad. I'm um, not in like a cat's way, but like in a way that it's supposed to be funny and also is bad. It's a weird, like, I don't, I don't deal well with those, but I did enjoy it more watching with them. Um, I finally watched, we're all going to the world's fair, which is garbage. Sorry to people who like it's it. It's good. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like it's going to be the same reaction that I'm going to have with Skinamarink. Um, I'm seeing that on Wednesday. I'm seeing it tonight. It's just like <laughs> very curious if you hate it or love it, because that's the two options. Um, I'm seeing it at 720 and I have plans at um, nine. So <laughs> and they were like, well, you can stay late if you know, you can come late if you need to. And I was like, I will not be staying through that whole movie. I'm just staying to like get a vibe. Um, I know my friends have all been like, you specifically will not do be able to fuck with this movie. Um, saw RR for the first time. It was pretty fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. I was shocked. Um, and then that's pretty much it. Actually, I'm trying to, I wanted to have something like cool that I was like, oh, yeah, watch this. Hmm. Nope. Well, I have a oh, oh. Golden Globes were terrible. Oh, yeah. Golden Globes was not good. I was no, it was um, not good. Gerard Carmichael literally ruining his star power jennifer coolidge great speech though check it out everyone oh jennifer coolidge um finally becoming an a-lister is so funny like you know i was really worried about her um in december after the season finale of white lotus um like her career and her like mental health and everything but now it's like no she's about to become like a character actress like who will just be in shit all the time and will show up and everyone will clap and like, it'll be great. Um, she's going to get a like good comedy show. That's just about for her. Um, it won't have to be dark. She's good. She's fine. Yeah. <laughs> she's doing well. I don't have nearly as many things to review. My only film this week that I really saw was sick. The Peacock original slasher that takes oh. place during COVID. Uh, if you want a very average slasher that just happens to kind of take place during COVID, you can check it out. I wasn't really thrilled by it. Um, but then I also watched some TV this week, which I'll throw in this kind of TV episode. On Also on Peacock, The Traders is very, very fun. I'm only halfway through. Oh, it looks but fun. It is. It is like, because I'm also, I mean, every episode I bring this up, I'm a big, like, Big Brother Survivor fan. And it's like a bunch of those people. And it's just like a very fun reality competition show um that is like not mystery, right? yes i still like the mole a little bit better it was on netflix last year and it got pretty big but like the traders is very fun and then also on netflix is kaleidoscope i've been watching this is the show it's a heist show but the gimmick is you can watch 
them in any order you want the episodes other than the last one which netflix just randomly organizes them but there's a lot of like people online telling you how to watch it that's best or whatever i just went on what netflix gave me and i think it's actually like wildly effective way to watch the show i've seen some complaints about like oh it's slow or like it doesn't really come together maybe it's because i'm desensitized due to watching money heist through the pandemic but like i do think that it's totally fine as far as like pacing goes and being able to understand things and there's things obviously you don't understand that are explained at different times so everyone has unique experience but my experience is rather good um so i'm definitely gonna finish both of those um but yeah that's gonna do it i guess this week for the podcast paul where can we find you on social media at price like tag on twitter instagram and letterbox and you can find me on twitter at bp underscore movie reviews letterbox carson tamar thank you so much for watching or listening this is available both in audio and visual formats find us on twitter at clapper podcast email us at clappercast at gmail.com and yeah we will see you next week for another episode of Clappercast. Goodbye.